Welcome to Strike Mash Boil. I'm Marco, president of Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club. Our podcast, Strike Mash Boil, is a new homebrewing podcast for homebrewers from homebrewers. Our goal in launching this show is to expand our homebrew club and its mission to a larger community of homebrewers and fellow homebrew clubs. Each week, my co-host Phil and I will be joined by a rotating cast of characters from within the Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club, as well as industry members to talk about all things homebrewing. Each show is going to have three segments, a roundtable discussion about a talk in the homebrewing world or beer world. Then we're going to have a beer tasting, but we're going to treat it as if that tasting is a homebrew competition, a peek behind the curtain of what goes on at homebrew competitions, and more importantly, a listen to how judges think while reviewing your beer. And lastly, we'll have an in-depth discussion of our topic of the week. Our audience for the show is you, the homebrewer, no matter the experience level from beginner to advanced. Our goal is to give multiple perspectives of our topics that pertain to all levels of homebrewers. Here are a couple quick cuts from some upcoming shows. First up, a quick talk about Dry Week. Everybody feeling good? We're like right in the midst of Dry Week for the club. How, how are we doing? Feeling clear. <laughs> it's been, a, it's been a, almost a week, right? We're recording this uh, five days into it, essentially. Uh, so just to, for you guys at home, understanding what we got going on, uh, the club has decided to institute a one week per quarter dry week. Uh, and sort of the logic here is, uh, you know, our club obviously is uh, founded on home brewing and consumption and creativity and beer development uh, that we thought we needed a little bit of something to offset our routines and uh, keeping ourselves in check and, and also promoting some healthy practices. The hardest part for me, though, has been pouring my wife a beer because she's been very adamant and she's had a rough week and she's like nope you're pouring me a beer and i'm like this is uh I wrong love she's making you pour it she can't <laughs> yeah, right. pour it herself she's making uh, you do it mm, she doesn't she doesn't pour beer <laughs> she doesn't pour beer but, no, but it's like what did you do to piss your wife off that she's like all right well i know tj's doing a dry week bitch you pour me beer <laughs> no it, well it tastes better when i pour it <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> yes. That's what she's convinced me. But no, it's, doing it, a little it, tea bag dip in there right before he gives it to her. I think we're learning more about your marriage. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right now. now let's jump over to one of our roundtable discussions where we start with some quick fire questions to learn about our guests. All right. Uh, favorite uh, brewing ingredient? Uh, has to be uh, two row. Canadian. Right, sauce. <laughs> rice hulls for sure. You love my rice hulls. I went with just generic on that one. I went I went specialty malts. All right, least favorite uh brewing ingredient. I'd have to say um Brett, just because I don't really know how to use it. Not that I don't like it in beer, but for myself. I'll say special B because I've definitely gone way overboard and absolutely killed a beer with it before, so so you, your favorite, let, hold on. We're going to stop here. Yeah. We, we just, we just oxymoroned yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Your favorite ingredient is specialty malts, but your least favorite is a specialty malt. Yes. Cause it's a little goes a long way with that stuff. And I didn't know that. And it, it absolutely caught me off guard. Way to commit to not commit, Sean. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's a quick cut from one of our upcoming beer judging sessions. Um, again, this, this, this particular beer is kind of missing some of those components, but overall, um, 
it's not super phenolic. I think one of the, the big mistakes that people make when they brew this type of beer is they ferment it at very high temperatures, which is what a lot of the Belgian breweries do, but doesn't quite translate to the homebrew level. And when you ferment it that high, you get a lot of esters and phenolics to the point where um, it sort of masks, masks the beer. Uh, it can become quite obnoxious and almost smells like garbage fruit salad, as I like to describe it. And, um, garbage fruit salad. When you judge a, a, number, a large number of competitions like I have, um, that's pretty common in, in these Belgian beers. People just think they can ferment them as hot as they can. And that's just, it's not the way to do it. It's not proper fermentation control. And you get some very odd flavors uh, and aromas. So if you were giving feedback on this and you were trying to get you know, more of that ester character, the phenolics, what would you recommend? I mean, it's hard because you don't know what type of yeast strain. You don't know if they need to maybe change the strain or go to a higher temp. What type of feedback would you give them? Yeah, so generally when, there's, when you want to produce feedback, you want to try not make too many assumptions, as, as you just noted. Um, so that can be very dangerous. So you try and pick out what the issue is and try and address it. So in this, in this case... I would like it to be a little bit more phenolic, so I would either um, uh, increase fermentation temperature, maybe not pitch as much yeast to stress it out a little bit. Um, again, it's a fine line. You don't want to make it so it's it's crazy phenolic and whatnot. Um, it could be recipe too. If if there's if there, I mean, I doubt there's any crystal malt in here, but if there was, that would definitely interfere with a lot of that stuff. Um, if it was a simple pilsner malt and sugar. Um, then that's appropriate. Um, it's, it's very possible this isn't Pilsner malt, that it's Turo, which wouldn't surprise me because it's, it's, it's a little sweet and it's kind of missing that Pilsner malt character to it. Um, so that's a suggestion, maybe use that. Um, but again, you, you want to be careful not to make too many assumptions because you can assume that they use Turo and then they'll write you, write you back a very mean email saying, I did use Pilsner malt, I didn't use Turo. So um, you have to be careful. But yeah, for something like this, I would say, um, you know, mess with the yeast fermentation profile. Um, maybe even look over your recipe. And lastly, let's listen in on one of Marco's soon to be famous rant segments. I'm thinking about our local homebrew shops and some of the advertisements that I get in my inbox. And I'm getting advertisement for winter beers in the wintertime. The one yep. that kills me oh. is. Like a week before St. Patrick's Day, it's the ad for the Guinness clone. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's like these guys, you know, I, we get annoyed. We, we, you know, Phil, you poked fun at this a second ago. We, we get annoyed when, uh, you know, the, the pumpkin beers hit the shelves in July, right? Uh, but that's the time when homebrew shops and other places should be advertising. Here's the ingredients to make your pumpkin beer so that they'll be ready uh, for August and right. September. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think they do a disjustice to educating the homebrewer on when to do this. And I'm, like I said, I'm notoriously bad at it because I'm not thinking about it until I'm being hit in the back of the head saying, oh, it's getting a little cold outside. I should be thinking about drinking a different beer. Yeah. I think I saw a website and I don't know if it was just one of the, um, you know, one of the standards, like big sites that are linked off of, uh, you know, homebrew talk or something, but it had like a calendar. So if you're bad at planning, uh, and you didn't want to do all the work yourself, it could be like, okay, you know, if you want an Irish red or a Guinness for March, you know, here's when you go look to brew it. If you want your, um, if you want a Doppelbach for Oktoberfest, uh, or if you, if you want a, a Hellas, you know, here's how long you need to lager it and make it. So it gave you like a nice, um, 
and I'm sure I can find it if I Google around, but it gave you like a nice already pre-made calendar of here's, you know, first week of July, go brew this if you want it for this time. Uh, and I kind of tried to set up my year that way. And of course, you know, life gets away from us or, you know, we change our mind. I don't want to brew that, skip that one, do this one instead. But if you do take the time to plan a little bit ahead, at least if you got 20 brews planned, maybe you can hit 10 of them around the right calendar and you have what you want when you want it, or at least stand a better chance to. That's just a small sample of some of the things we have coming up over the next couple weeks. So we hope you tune in to our new podcast, Strike, Mash, Boil. The Strike Mash Boil podcast is produced by the Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club, an American Homebrewers Association sanctioned club. Follow us on Instagram at MVHBC. Join the conversation in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash MVHBC. And check out our website at MVHBC.com. <laughs>